So you travel abroad or you study abroad, you go to this country, this foreign land, you have an incredible experience, and then you come home and it's back to normal, mundane, everyday life. And it can be really depressing. And so I have termed this experience coming home feeling this heaviness, I've termed it traveler's depression. It's not in the dictionary. I've seen a few articles about it, but I have been using this phrase for years. And I really think we need to talk about it because nobody warned me specifically about this experience. Nobody ever gave me tips on how to overcome it either. And I have kind of briefly discussed it in episode one of this podcast, but today I wanna do a deep dive. I wanna tell you what is traveler's depression. I wanna tell you my experience. I want to just really dive into the subject so you're best prepared for your trip, or if you've come back and you are struggling with it, I wanna give you some hope and some encouragement. So let's get right into it. This is episode two of So You Want to Travel with me, your host, Megan O. Okay, I still love saying it. Okay, it's (laughs) maybe it'll get old eventually, but we're still on episode two. So ignore me as I'm just like super excited about this podcast. But what is traveler suppression? It's not in the dictionary. So this is just my definition. This is what I would call traveler suppression. I am in no way, shape or form a doctor. I am not diagnosing you with depression. This is just a term that I have titled this experience. It is when a person has visited or lived in a country that is not their home country, and it's a heaviness that that person faces when they return to their home country, especially when that person wishes that they could have stayed longer or had a really good experience. It happens because travel is a relationship, and you are now either entering into a long-distance relationship with this country or you're going through a breakup, and both of these will have stages of grief. A relationship with travel, right? It is such a good way to term it because that's what's happening. When you date someone and they become a part of your life, when you have an experience with somebody that changes you, that imprints on your heart, you leave a different person. And so all of a sudden you're ripped from that place. You are taken from that place. That person is still maybe alive. That country still exists but you are no longer in a relationship. And so there comes stages of grief with that because it is a loss. And in some ways, when a loved one passes away, there is a grief, there is a mourning, but there is like a period right at the end of that. There is a definite ending to that person, that life, their their life is over. But when the country still exists, when that person still exists, it's almost harder to grieve because You know you could technically be there. You know you could technically be with that person, but instead you're not. And so there is grief. There are stages of grief that you have to go through. So I think it would be good for me to explain my experience, to give you an example. And then after that, I can share more tips about how I've handled it. So in the first episode, I talked about how my friend was studying abroad in London. I went to visit her. I loved it so much. I went back and I studied abroad myself. In this video, I want to specifically talk about Korea. So I do live and work here in South Korea full time, which is such a dream, but that wasn't always the case. So I I first came here as a tourist. It was for 90 days. It was very much like a trip that I had booked on a whim with my sweet friend at the time. She quit her job. I quit my job and we just went to Korea. So why the heck not, right? There's a freedom that you get to experience here in South Korea specifically, but other countries as well. Public transportation is so easy, so you can just go everywhere. And especially when you don't live in a city and then you go and you live in a city, there are so many things you can do. You can go to all the cafes, you can see all the sites, try all the different foods, meet people from all over the world. So it really is a very unique experience. 
And I felt so at home that when it was coming to the end of my 90-day visa, I was like, I don't want to leave. And what's incredible about my experience, my flight ended up getting canceled on me. Like I had already taken, obviously, the plane to Korea, but the flight home got canceled because I was going through Germany. And I think that like Germany, like COVID spiked or something because this is in, in 2021. And so they literally canceled my flight on me. And I was like, this is a sign. I'm supposed to stay. And so I remember like I printed out the email I got about my flight getting canceled and I'm circling things and I'm labeling things. And I go and I make an immigration appointment and I show up thinking, you know, it's not my fault that my flight got canceled. So surely they're going to let me stay. So I'm like, this is perfect. It's meant to be. Show up. And they were like, there's other flights back to your country. You have to leave, period. And I'm like, huh? I think my my visa was ending like tomorrow, like the next day. And I'm sitting here like, you're telling me I have to buy a last minute flight home to America? You don't want to get mad at immigration people because they already don't like their life or they don't like their job. At least that's the vibe that they're trained to give off because I don't think I've ever met an immigration person that enjoys what they're doing from what I can see, from how they treated me, from how we, the conversation that we had. But she eventually gave me two weeks. So <laughs> woohoo! it was just a slightly less expensive ticket. But Again, I had to, I had already like pre-booked my Airbnb for another month and a half. So <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go home. Huh? And that made it even worse because I had planned all of this like content I wanted to film, all these places I still wanted to go. Two weeks later, I'm home. I had made some really dear friends. I had just started developing like my schedule. I had just started my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is doing really well. And so now you're telling me like, I'm getting ripped from this country, but I still have all this content I wanted to make. I, whew, my heart was sad. I still had a lot of in savings. So I was like, I'm going back. I don't care when, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going back. And if you want to know more about how I went back to Korea, I'd recommend you check out my YouTube channel. I have like a playlist called My Korea Story and how I went back and ended up like living here is a, is a great story, but that's not what this video is about. I just want to talk about how sad I was. <laughs> Woohoo! I promise that we're going to get to like positive notes and like how to deal with this traveler suppression. But right now, I just want to be honest with you. I was really sad. I really missed being in Korea. It felt like home. It felt like so I was just so comfortable there. The way of life. And, and what was so fascinating to me was I was sitting at home all depressed. And I was like, nobody talks about this. Everybody talks about how much you should travel, why you should travel, how if you were to like personify the word travel, it would be like a hidden gem, like hidden treasure. It's sparkly. It's shiny. You're on this like treasure hunt for it. You always want to go and then you finally find the treasure and you have these incredible experiences that you can't have anywhere else. Like this is a rare, one of a kind opportunity. You also get to bring a lot of treasures or souvenirs and clothing items and things like that back with you that you didn't bring with you on the trip. You get to bring them back home. So <laughs> there is much about this that is like hidden treasure. But we don't talk about the pain and the heaviness that you feel when you get back home. And like we talked about in the first episode, I had all these ruminating thoughts of negativity. Like, man, Korea does this better. And man, America ain't it. And I was so focused on how much I didn't like America that it did not help the depressive state that I already felt like I was in. And that's what I'm talking about. Traveling is like a relationship. 
that country still existed. I could have technically still been there, but because this woman told me I wasn't allowed, because that person broke up with me, (laughs) the country broke up with me, I had to leave. Now I'm back in the States going, what am I supposed to do? Some people in this state, they, they heavily lean into the sadness and they just kind of sit there. They scroll through their phone. They look at their camera roll. They wish they were there and they just stay in that heaviness. But I leaned more towards like, let me be motivated and work harder so that I can get back. But I was kind of in a rare state in this time because a lot of people I know, they couldn't do that. They couldn't, they didn't just have in their head, I can most definitely go back. A lot of people have that, can I go back state? When will I ever be able to go back? Because maybe you took two weeks off from work and those were your only two weeks. And the next time you're allowed to take vacation isn't for another half a year. So it really, it's like you've entered now into a long distance relationship. And no one warned me that I would experience this sadness. And the sadness, I think like the main root of the sadness was the fact that I have now seen things that I cannot unsee. Like, I didn't mind being home. I didn't have anything against America. But it was when I left America and I saw the way the world worked elsewhere and came back to America, it's almost like I wanted to be able to erase the experience because it was like, man, I I didn't have anything against America until I left. But it was the hardest part that I couldn't unsee what I've seen. It was like I watched a movie in color and my whole life I've been watching black and white movies. I finally see my first movie in color and I go back to a black and white world. And the worst part is nobody gets it unless they've traveled too. You try to explain to people this experience you had abroad and you think people would be either more interested and for some reason they're just super not interested. They're like, how was your trip? And they kind of expect like, good. And then that's it. What? You don't want to hear it? I, I saw color. You don't want to ask me more questions about color? Um, and so either people don't care or people just can't understand. They You try to explain to them about color, but when all they've seen is black and white, it's like their brain cannot compute. And it, it's so painful because you want to be able to express this with somebody that understands. And so many people around you either don't care or they can't get it. So that makes it even heavier And on top of that, when you travel abroad and you especially live abroad for maybe a few months or longer, you change as a person. You don't go back home the same person. And if you keep taking trips, your like vibrancy, right? You're seeing color, you're seeing color. It changes who you are from the inside out. And when you go home to everyday life where nobody else has seen color, maybe a few people have seen color, but overall... You go back, these colors, this experience, this trip has changed you. You go back changed, but you go back and everybody else is the same. And you feel like you've had this out-of-body experience. You start to feel like your trip was a dream because it feels like it's almost, like it, it almost starts to feel like it's detaching from you. Like you can't believe that you lived a life on the other side of the world and had all these experiences And because nobody around you really understands it, you start to go, am I crazy? Did it actually, did I actually go? And a keychain and some photos don't do justice for you. Like they don't make it feel like the trip was that tangible. You look at the picture and you're like, that's me. But is that really me? Did I actually go there? 
And you know you did, but again, you start to feel like it was just this out-of-body experience. If you can resonate with anything that I'm saying, I'd love to read your comments over on YouTube because I know so many of us can relate to this and experience this, but we just kind of keep it to ourselves. And that's why I say it's like a breakup. It's like a long-distance relationship because you can look at these pictures all day. You can look at the memories that you've made with that person but since you're not in the relationship, since they're not with you anymore, you literally start to question, did I ever date them? Like, you know you did. But because a huge portion of you has stopped, all you can really do is live it out in your mind. And that is why I think we start to have such ruminating thoughts. I think that is why we fall into this depressive state is because there's a lot of isolation in that. We feel like we're experiencing it alone. We honestly start to feel a little crazy because if everybody around you stay the same or people don't really seem to care about the experience that you've had, you're like, why am I struggling so much? Maybe I'm the only one that's experienced these feelings and you really start to shut yourself out or you start to isolate yourself. And that is why, that's specifically why I'm making this podcast. That's specifically why I've created my online friend speeding events as well that I host to connect travelers as well. But it's a really good segue into point one as to why I'm talking about this, why I'm making a whole podcast specifically about traveler's oppression. It's because the first step in overcoming this is to talk about it, especially find people who have traveled, who've seen in color, who've had that kind of relationship. Talk about it with people that understand. Because you feeling this way, feeling these dep depressive type emotions you're totally normal. You're totally human. You're not crazy. <laughs> Let me remind you, you're not crazy. And it's really important that we talk with other people that get it. I think that was one of the most healing parts. When I came back from Korea the first time, I had gone on a trip with a friend and we were both in the States just being like, man, remember when we used to, yeah, 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 yeah. And we're sharing all these like great experiences. It was so warm. It really was so helpful to just talk about it with somebody that gets it. I think that's the same thing with relationships when you can talk with somebody about the pain of the loss of that person with somebody that also knew that person, that made memories with you guys as well. There's something really heartfelt and warming about just talking about it with somebody that gets it. And so whether you come and you join my friend speeding event, which I'm really excited to start those back up again, and we even have in-person meetups here in Seoul, but we have get online game nights and stuff. It's just fun to hang out with people that get it, who love to travel. It's like a club, right? You have hobbies and something unites all of you, whether it be a show that you all like, a language that you really like. In this case, it's travel. We all love to travel. And it's really great to talk about, talk about how hard it is to not be traveling with other people who have also traveled. So I think that's the first point is try to find people whether it be on like an app like HelloTalk, be careful with all the apps, y'all. There are always people on all these apps that have bad intentions, but whether it be on Instagram or some sort of like social media platform, or maybe it's at your school. Like literally, if you know somebody else that studied abroad, even if they didn't study abroad at the, the, the school that you went to, or even in the same country as you, reach out to them and you'll be able to grieve together. And it's so nice to know that you're not alone in that grieving state. The second tip I really want to talk about, though, is 
you have to understand a lot of people who experience traveler's depression the most, especially if you had a shorter trip, like two months or less, you probably had a honeymoon experience, right? So if we're taking this relationship analogy even deeper, you probably had a honeymoon experience. And so you went, you had all these plans, right? You planned to have an incredible trip. People who live in South Korea, I can tell you because I do, people who live in South Korea, your life won't look like a vacation. You plan vacations to do all of the things. You plan a honeymoon to have all these great highlight experiences. Somebody who lives and works here, I don't go see all the things. I don't do all the things. I stay home a lot. And so you can't allow yourself to deepen that depression in this category of, oh my gosh, it's so fun. There's so much to do there and there's nothing to do here. If you actually lived in that place, like if you lived there for a semester, two semesters, a year, longer, you start to develop just like a way of life. Whereas a lot of people who have traveled to a place, they've been there for two months or less, they have this like highlight reel experience. They come back to their normal everyday life. It's not a fair comparison. That's like comparing like a $800 steak to an $8 steak and being like, man, the $800 steak tasted so much better. It was so juicy. Well, I hope it is. You you spent what? $792 more? I hope it's been better. (laughs) I hope you've had an incredible time. So I'm just trying to warn slash encourage you to remember Technically, you could compare them, but you shouldn't compare them because it's just going to further deepen that pain that you feel in your heart. Like, why? Why? Why am I back in America? It was so much better over there. You can totally rightfully feel those things, but just tell yourself, okay, I got to remember that was an $800 steak. I hope that if I spent that amount of money, I had a really good time and I just can't compare it to the everyday life that I now live. I think a really important thing, if you are experiencing traveler's depression, don't beat yourself up. Understand it's very reasonable that you're feeling these emotions, that you're feeling this way. Find people to talk to that can share in this grief, that can share in this pain with you. And I also think it's really important that you go back to your home country and do the things that you do love to do. Or if you were abroad for quite some amount of time, Try to go do the things that you missed when you were homesick or when you did have your, your down days in that country that you were studying abroad or living abroad. For example, you're usually away from your family. Go spend time with your family and consciously exercise the muscles in your brain of thanksgiving, of gratitude. I'm really happy that I can be home with my parents. I did miss them. What is that restaurant you were craving when you lived abroad? Go eat at that restaurant. For me, Chick-fil-A, the Lord's Chicken. We love some good Chick-fil-A and the Chick-fil-A sauce. I did bring it here with me to Korea. It's in my fridge. But immediately, I want to go back. I want to have Chick-fil-A. I want to have really good, authentic Mexican. (laughs) I want to have good sandwiches and salads. I want to go to the grocery store and I want to have all the fruit and all the vegetables because it's so much cheaper. Well, with inflation. (laughs) Anyways, uh, but still, you go home, you do the things that you missed, that you were homesick for. The more that you partake in those things that you miss, those things that you're, you've been longing to do, the more that you're kind of 
reminding your subconscious that is kind of heavy and sad, the more that you're reminding that part of your subconscious of like, oh, that's right. I really do love being home because of X, Y, Z. So go out, go to your favorite restaurants. If you missed your mom's home cooking, be like, hey, mom, I'd love to make a meal with you. Can you teach me how to make that one dish that you were really craving that you really love? Spend time with those that you love, doing the things that you love in your home country. And I really encourage you to just be careful about social media. Social media in so many ways, again, they're called reels. I just want to call them highlight reels because they're snippets, they're snapshots of an experience that people had. And it's usually the camera is at the perfect angle so that everything looks great, right? Nobody records in their little reels when the food comes out and it's actually the wrong order or the food actually didn't taste that great. It looked nice, but it didn't taste that great. Be careful with social media because it's a whole platform that pays people and encourages people to basically make their life look as good as possible for the sake of likes and attention. And so when you go home from a trip, if you're spending hours scrolling through people's stories who are in that country that you wish that you could be in, or you just spend hours looking through your own photos, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you right now, be very cautious because this is only going to add fuel to the already burning fire that you feel of wishing that you could be there. I can look back on old trips to old countries when I'm in the right headspace. And you also have to really know yourself because for me, when I went back to the States and I wanted to start this YouTube channel, I was actually watching other people's vlogs and content because it encouraged me and it excited me to like make my own videos and whatnot. So Adrian Hill, love my girl so much, Adrian. I would watch her, I still watch her videos to inspire me and encourage me to make my own videos. If looking through that footage inspires you and wants to encourage you and motivate you to maybe get out there and, and make content yourself, then girl, boy, human, individual, sir, ma'am, <laughs> partner, <laughs> I don't know what just happened, go watch it if that encourages you. But you have to know yourself. You have to ask yourself, is this really encouraging me? Or is this just spiraling me into a bad place? And I know a lot of people that have taken time off from social media when they come back from a trip because it is really hard for them to look back at all of the footage or look at other people living the life that they wish they could. So know yourself well, see, is this inspiring me or discouraging me? It's so hard to feel like you left a piece of yourself somewhere. And that same thing happens with the relationships, right? You have this serious relationship. It feels like you give that person a piece of you. But I always think it's better to remind yourself it's better to have loved than to have never loved at all. It's better to have had this experience that was incredible, that was life-changing, than it is to say that you never had it. And so always, again, try to remind yourself of the positives. I also really recommend you head back to episode one because I gave a lot more helpful tips on how to deal with these emotions, traveler's depression, homesickness. I give other helpful tips. So I would recommend you head back to episode one if you missed it. But if you already watched it, you've watched both of these, proud of you. Episode three, probably the most important one I could upload. The most important episode, okay? We all have travel styles. You know love languages? There are travel styles and I wanna talk about them and how you can prepare for your trip best if you're going with someone else. Partner, friend, spouse, there are questions that you should ask so you're not surprised. You have a good, fun, memorable trip 
not one full of disappointments, regrets, and unexpected conflicts along the way. So look out for episode three, but until then, safe travels. Bye.